out there on the World Wide Web. I'm your host, Mikey, and you're listening to Unfocused. Okay, so today we have a little bit of a different type of podcast. Normally, it's very here and there. Normally, it's very bouncing all over the place because that's just what I do. But today, despite the name, we're going to be focused on one topic. That topic is racism and can equity fix problems in our society. Okay, so in school, we are talking about equity and racism and gender issues and poverty issues and all that jazz. I'm going to be focusing on racism. So can equity fix problems in our society? I think that it can. Originally, I was very cut and paste with my thoughts. I thought that, oh, because I see this, it means this. Because I don't experience personally any racism in our society from where I am, then I thought that it was equitable. But I've had a change of heart. I moved here in third grade. Okay, third grade. Since then, I have had roughly 40 to 50 teachers. Not one of those teachers that I have had has been black or Asian or Hispanic. Now, you may be thinking, well, if the majority of the population is white, the majority of the teachers are going to be white. That's not always true. In the book, The Hate You Give, the main character, Star, is from a primarily black neighborhood and she goes to a white school. Her uncle lives in a quote-unquote good neighborhood, but is still black. Equity should allow everyone to live like her uncle. Equity should allow everyone to have had at least, at the very bare minimum, one Hispanic or black or Asian American teacher. I mean, think about it. If you don't go to a primarily black or a primarily Hispanic or a primarily Asian school, then you are most likely 75% chance that you will not have a black, Hispanic, or Asian teacher. If you live in that neighborhood, that type of neighborhood, that town that is primarily people of color, then you're most likely to have people of color teachers. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they only hire people of color teachers for people of color neighborhoods? That's just something to think about. But genuinely, I think that we should start hiring more black and Hispanic and Asian teachers, and we should start pushing more black, Hispanic, and Asian kids to become teachers. Instead of the stereotype that 
Hispanic people are going to do this or black people are going to do this or Asian Americans are going to do this. Stop with the stereotypes. Anyone can be anything and we should give them the chance to be anything that they want instead of stereotyping them and forcing them to do something that they might not want to do. Another thing I would like to discuss under this topic is ALM versus BLM. Now, All Lives Matter was a movement, a quote-unquote movement, that was only made to combat Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter was a movement to try and spread awareness and try and change how black people are being treated, specifically by white people. Because, personally, I am brown. I am a person of color. I would never treat another person of color differently just because of their skin tone. That is just something that my morals cover, right? So Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. All Lives Matter is saying that all lives matter. Black Lives Matter is saying that all lives can't matter until black lives matter and black voices are heard. Think about it. Martin Luther King Jr., Morgan Freeman, Aretha Franklin... All people of color who need to be heard, whose voices and whose messages need to be heard and need to be spread. There are not enough people of color in my community where the Black Lives Matter protests and riots really affected us, which says two things. One, we do not have enough people of color in our little hometown. Our racial makeup is 76.9% white, 2.6% black, 14.2% Hispanic, and that's not covering at all. But the 76.9% that are white, 76.9% that are white, and only how many of those people support Black Lives Matter, and only how many of those people will never judge someone because of their race, And only how many of those people would never make racist comments like such? In the book, The Hate You Give, Star has a friend, a quote-unquote friend, and her name is Haley. Haley makes some interesting remarks about Star's skin tone and Star's culture. Because Star is a black person, Haley treats her differently than she would any of the other white kids at her school. And sometimes I feel like I go through that. Sometimes I feel like people will treat me differently because of my skin tone. And I don't give them a reason to. Sure, the music that my family listens to is a little different. Sure, there are so many stereotypes about me that one look at me from a person that doesn't know me and I could be a whole different me. 
Sure, people will look at me because of my skin color and decide things about me that I didn't give them a reason to. When you, personally, you listening to this, when you see a person of color, what is your immediately, what is your immediate thought? What is the thought that crosses your mind as soon as you see them? Is it about their skin color? Is it about a stereotype? Is it about something that they can't control on themselves? Because if so, then you need to do some self-reflecting. There was a video that I watched in my class where it was talking about the difference between home life of a black person and the difference between home life of a white person. So they were all lined up on one starting line. And the person that would normally say go, the person that would wave that checkered flag, asked questions before starting the race. Questions like, take a step forward if you have both parents at home. Take a step forward if you have this. Take a step forward if you have that. And something I noticed is that almost all of the people of color in that video, all of the black people in that video started on the same starting line that they originally were placed upon. But all of the white people at least took a step or two forward. And this exercise was to show how life really is different and life truly is upon the creator because they were asking questions that were directed that were specifically asked because they knew that at least some of those black people wouldn't take steps forward but equity would allow all of those people to take steps forward and would allow all of those people to start on the same starting line or get the same couple feet ahead. Equity could help problems in our society, not just in my hometown, not just at my school, but in our society as a whole, equity would be so beneficial. We just have to start treating it as such. An example of giving people of color equity and making their lives equitable to those of their white counterparts would be paying them the same. Pay black people, pay, pay Hispanic people the same as their white counterparts. Give them the same opportunities. Think about it. How many Hispanic doctors do you see? How many black doctors do you see? Just just think about it. You don't have to answer. You don't have to tweet at me. But just think about it. How many Hispanic engineers or black engineers do you see? How many Hispanic dentists or black dentists do you see? It's not just people don't take interest. It's they're not given the same opportunities as white people. 
Because think about how many white doctors and white dentists and white engineers there are. And it's not just about skin color. Think about how many Hispanic doctors that are women or black doctors that are women. It shrinks even more. The number just declines even more when you add more minorities onto the mix. A problem like that would be fixed with equity by paying them the same and giving them the same opportunities and giving them the same whatever as white people. Not whatever. Giving them the same chances, the same education as white people would affect everything very greatly. Another thing, there was a video I watched about a diversity project, and it talks about how kids in my hometown would use the N-word to discriminate against other kids. Are you kidding me? That word was used against black people for so long, and they've reclaimed it and repurposed it for them to use. White people shouldn't use slurs that they are not a part of. That's like a straight person using the F slur or or a neurotypical person using the R slur. I can't speak much about that because I do not know if the R slur is as, um, how would you describe it? I don't know if it is as meaningful if you just say it rather than if you say it towards a person who is neurodivergent, but the N word or calling, calling Hispanic people beaners. Are you kidding me? Why? Why would you just... Why do you feel the need to assign slurs to people because of their skin color? The only thing white people can be called is a cracker. And they get mad at that. They get mad at people of color for calling them crackers. You are a white person. If you've ever been called a cracker... It's not because of a Ritz cracker or a saltine cracker. It's not because of the food. It's because that is the sound that whips made when you were whipping a Hispanic person or a black person. That is why you are called a cracker. The restaurant Cracker Barrel? The barrel in Cracker Barrel holds whips. Their old logo used to show a K with a line that connected to the other K, or uh, an R or something. One of the letters in barrel, it connected to them. And that's because it was a whip. Because cracker, barrel. A barrel of whips. Which is inherently racist and really, really horrible. But people don't understand that, especially white people don't understand that.
My point here is that people of color should feel safe and should feel comfortable and protected in their hometowns and in their schools and in their homes. Now, this next part is a story about me and an experience that I dealt with recently. There is a teacher from my school who was talking about The Bachelor and how The Bachelor was a black man and the woman, the woman that he chose was from the South. Now you hear the South and you think of a couple things, whether it be an accent, a bad experience, a good experience, whether it be a trip down there, whether it be a specific state that you think about, or an accent. You think about something when, you're, when you hear the South be brought up. I personally think of how different and how non-progressive some of the states in the South are. So she was talking about how The Bachelor chose a girl from the South. And how the theme that they did for whatever... I've never actually seen The Bachelor, so I don't know exactly what she was talking about. But apparently there's a theme for something. Like a a party or something once you've been chosen. Once the final rose is handed out or whatever. And the theme that she chose was inherently racist towards black people and so they left the show together to make the producers happy but as soon as they left he broke it off with her now when she was telling me this i was listening and i was like yeah i would do the same if i chose someone and they decided to do something that was inherently racist towards me I would break it off with them because clearly they don't understand or they don't know what that means or what they're doing and they need to figure it out. And that is what she was explaining. She was like, he broke it off with her and said that she needed to figure it out. Now this teacher decided that her opinion was needed for this story and so she was like I just think what he did was uncalled for and I'm not agreeing with doing something racist but and when I heard the but I was like oh okay this is gonna be good so she's talking about how he would have handled the situation differently Keep in mind, this teacher is white. Very white. Very Caucasian woman. And she was like, I just think he could have handled it better. I think that him just breaking it off with her because she didn't know what she was doing was really uncalled for. And then she started making excuses for... 
for the girl saying she grew up in the south she goes to a southern college like how was she supposed to know okay i am however young i am and i still know the difference between wrong and right and i continuously learn about what's wrong and right with everything in my life it's about growth it's about trying to change those aspects in your life Say you are a non-indigenous person, a non-Native American. Let's use the term indigenous person because I believe that Native American is somewhat offensive and I do not want to be offensive. But say you are not an indigenous person, but you use white sage and you use that to smudge your house. White sage is a part of culture for indigenous people that is closed to people who are not indigenous people. It is a closed practice. Say you don't know that and you use white sage in whatever. You smudge with white sage. You burn white sage as an incense, right? If someone tells you Oh, by the way, that is a closed practice. You probably shouldn't be using that. If you don't change that, then you are the problem. If you don't find a way to let that white sage out of your life and return it to whoever, and you don't use something else, then you are part of the problem. She was being... The teacher, she was being inherently racist. I keep using the word inherently. I need to stop. Whenever I use new vocab words, I get very proud of myself. And so I use them continuously. But she was being racist and making racist comments. And I'm not even going to talk about what she did for the rest of the time. Because there was other comments that she made that were racist but I just think it's something to think about if you're going to share your opinion and it's against the people you're sharing it to maybe just maybe don't my next topic is police force and the police officers that are behind that force. Now, when people say ACAB, they don't mean all cops are bad. They mean all cops are bastards. They're saying that the system cops work for is bastardized. Some of you might not know what that means. It means that they're corrupted under this system but they can't do anything about it right now an argument that could be made is well not all cops are bastards not all cops not all cops not all cops okay when women say kill all men we really don't mean all men or when people are like making 
arguments saying that, oh, it's not all men. Oh, it's not all men. It's enough men. It's enough men that women are scared of all men. So when people say not all cops, not all cops, it's enough cops that discriminate and enough cops that brutally murder people of color because of their skin tone. In the book, The Hate You Give, Khalil, who is Star's friend, is shot and killed by a white cop. And that cop lived to see another day and lived to work another day and was not charged with anything despite the court cases and all the arguments and the blatant evidence that was put against him. Notice how he's a white cop. Now, Uncle Carlos, who is also a cop in the book, is a black man. And the reason why a CAB or ACAB is put into place here is because he said he would do the same thing. Which is why the system is bastardized. Because a black cop and a white cop would have done the same thing to a black kid. It might have been different for the black cop to do it because he understands what's going through that kid's mind right now. But the phrase that they use is shoot first, ask questions later. And that's how you stay alive. Do you understand how messed up that statement is? Shoot first, ask questions later. And that is why Khalil is dead. And that is why George Floyd is dead. George Floyd used counterfeit money that he was not aware was counterfeit. And the cops were called on him. And a cop kneeled on his neck until he died. Until he died. Equity is so important when it comes to situations like this. Do you think that that cop would have had the same reaction if a white person used counterfeit money? No. The answer is no. They wouldn't. But because George Floyd was a black man, they decided that he needed to be murdered. And he deserved to be killed because of a simple mistake. And sure, they could have arrested him for using counterfeit money, but killing him, brutally murdering him, and then letting that cop see another day. And I don't mean see another day, as in, oh, you should kill the cop for killing George Floyd. No, I mean, you let him work still. He still has his job. He is not imprisoned. He is free with no charges. That is why Black Lives Matter and that movement and those protests that started out peaceful, but we were not being heard.
So we were rioting. And just like in the book, The Hate You Give, those riots were heard. But still, equity in our society could fix so, 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 so many problems that white people will never have to deal with unless you are the oppressor. I'm speaking through the mic at you if you are a white person. If you become the oppressor, I do not want you listening to this podcast. I do not want you following any of my socials. I do not want you here. You are not welcome here. And no, I'm not being discriminatory. You can't discriminate against white people. You can have prejudice, but you cannot discriminate against them. Because until white people are oppressed, there's nothing that me as a person of color can do to discriminate against you. Now you may be wondering, little listener, hey Mikey, why is this episode like this? Why is it structured like this? Why are we only talking about this? It is because this was originally a group project that I was a part of. But since submitting that project... I have seen some things in a different light and researched deeper into some of the topics that I talked about today. And I felt I was not heard in the original podcast. And that is why I'm redoing it just me. Because I think that I had more to say than just the little bit that I added right on the end. Also, I was in a group with two white girls. And I I was pushed to the very end. The person of color in the group was pushed to the very end. I just find that kind of comical. It wasn't on purpose. It was just because they decided they needed to say everything they wanted to say. But I couldn't say everything that I wanted to say. Also, if you are my teacher listening to this, hi. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Please get back to me when you can. Well, I think that just about wraps up everything I need to talk about today, so let's get on with the outro. Well, I just want to thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. I promise you next week will be back to our quote-unquote normal and I hope you all enjoyed again thank you for listening if you have any questions comments or concerns my twitter is mikey underscore unfocused that is m-y-k-i-e underscore u-n-f-o-c-u-s-e-d I cannot express how grateful I am for you guys tuning in and listening to every week's episode. It means the world to me. You have no idea. I think that's it for today. I'm your host, Mikey, and you listen to Unfocused.